listening to part two of Definitely Not the G8's Financial Transactions Tax episode. In part two, we will look at the FTT in the context of the Group of 20. The G20 was created in 1999. It is comprised of the G7 countries, which are Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK, and the USA, plus 13 countries that are regional powers with strong emerging economies. These are Argentina, Australia, Brazil, China, India, Indonesia, South Korea, Mexico, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, Turkey, and the European Union. The G20 was originally intended to bring together finance ministers from each of these countries. But when the global financial crisis of 2008 began, the G20 initiated a series of leader summits. Here is Dennis Howlett from Make Poverty History. 80-90% of financial transactions all go through just a few financial capitals in the world. And so really, it's most critical to get agreement from governments of those countries to make this work. So a lot really hinges on the major players. And the way that the G8, G20 work is that they are a forum where leaders can discuss key issues and try to build some consensus. Now, usually implementation of things still needs to go through other channels, whether it's the United Nations or the World Bank or IMF or other institutions, and the details would get worked out (laughs) elsewhere. But the G8 and G20 are critical in terms of kind of shaping some global consensus that makes it possible for agreements to be hammered out in the other fora. Sarah Anderson from the Institute for Policy Studies explains the dynamics of the first summit at which the FTT was discussed. This goes back to September 2009 at the G20 summit in Pittsburgh. The French and German governments came in and really pushed to have FTT on the agenda. They could not get support for that. And so the compromise was that they commissioned the IMF to study various options for financial sector taxation. And after that, civil society groups then turned to the IMF and said, will you make sure that this study that the G20 has assigned you to do gives serious treatment to the question of financial transactions taxes? And at first, the managing director of the IMF, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, was completely dismissive. He had the impression that this was some old idea from the 1970s that was completely irrelevant today and was not even worth being studied at the IMF as part of the different options they were going to be looking at. Civil society organized. We did a sign-on statement to the IMF demanding not only that they take this issue seriously, but that they consult with civil society as part of their research process. And we raised a big stink about it, and they changed their position, and they agreed to include FTT in this paper. In April 2010, the International Monetary Fund came out with its report to the G20. It presented three options. The first was a bank levy that would be applied to a bank's liabilities or assets. It would be similar to the tax Germany introduced in March 2010. The second option was a financial transactions tax. And the third was a financial activities tax, or FAT, 
impact tax on bank profits and bankers' bonuses. While at the end of the day, they didn't come out and become the cheerleaders for FTT, they did make several important points that have been useful to the civil society campaign. They acknowledged that FTT was feasible and they recognized that most of the G20 countries have already experimented with some form of a transactions tax. They acknowledged that it would raise a lot of money. They really didn't come out with, we didn't think, very strong arguments against it. In the end, they favored a couple of other approaches, but those were ones that wouldn't raise as much money as FTT. The FTT was on the table again in the summer of 2010 at the G20 Leaders Summit in Toronto. Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper hosted. The Canadian government, actually partly in response to the campaign and a lot of the media coverage we generated, took a very negative attitude towards bank taxes, although their fire was mainly directed at another proposal called the FAT tax, which was an idea floated by other governments, primarily the U.S., as a way to tax some of the profits and unjustified huge salaries of bank executives. And so there was a lot of support in the U.S. and in the U.K. as well for taxing back and trying to get back some of the money that was given to these big banks as the bailout. There wasn't the same level of public anger in Canada directed at the banks. Canadian government was trying to paint the Canadian banks as the good guys. And certainly, compared to other countries, we had a better financial regulation in place. And so for those reasons, they really were campaigning against the fat tax and didn't really comment that much directly about the financial transaction tax. The G20 in Toronto didn't really make any progress on the tax issue. They kind of agreed to disagree. (laughs) That was about it. The FTT campaign received a huge boost at the United Nations Millennium Development Goals Summit in New York in September 2010. Here, a group of 60 countries, including Japan, France, Belgium, and Spain, issued a declaration calling for the adoption of an FTT. They stated it would help finance efforts to achieve the MDGs by the target year of 2015. Here is Peter Backvis of the International Trade Union Confederation. The cost for ODA would be, sorry, official development assistance, primarily to reach the Millennium Development Goals, would be somewhere around 170 or 180 billion dollars. This is among all the rich, rich countries. Currently, governments are actually, in some cases, cutting back their spending for development assistance. So what we hold dearly to the Millennium Development Goals, I mean, a lot of our membership is, in fact, in the global trading movement is in low-income countries and workers there benefit directly from spending for uh, achieving the Millennium Development Goals. So we're supporting a financial transactions tax as one of the purposes of which would be to fund precisely the Millennium Development Goals. The UN has also suggested an FTT could be used to fund programs to fight climate change. A 2010 report stated that between $2 billion and $27 billion U.S. dollars could be raised from such a tax. Then came the G20 Leaders Summit of November 2010 in Seoul, Korea. 
For the first time, civil society representatives were invited to meet with G20 negotiators, or Sherpas, as they are also known. The role of citizen groups in pressing for this tax is critical because without this kind of pressure, I don't think governments would be doing things like this on their own. In October, I attended a civil society G20 dialogue with the Sherpas. These are the top negotiators from all the G20 countries in Korea. And at that dialogue, I was able to ask a question about the financial transaction tax. And the Sherpa from Spain replied saying, there is progress being made. He said, it's very slow and we still have many disagreements. But he said, the pressure from civil society has been critical. And his message to us was, don't give up, keep the pressure on. With your pressure and support, we will be able to achieve this. The next G20 Leaders Summit is in November 2011 in Cannes, France, and the U.S. and Canada will likely continue to hold out against the FTT. French President Nicolas Sarkozy has been a strong advocate for the FTT at previous G20 summits. Civil society groups hope that, as host, he can bring the FTT front and center. The host country always plays a key role, and the fact that France is prepared to take leadership on this is very fortunate <laughs> at this time. You know, it just happens that they're the next host of the G8, G20. And for various reasons, even though President Sarkozy is more on the right wing, on the conservative side of the spectrum, he is going to be up for re-election soon. And it's partly for his own personal reasons to try to have some policy initiatives that would appear progressive. Similarly, there are very strong civil society groups in France. They have all come together. They've organized a big coalition. They are quite influential in France. They get a lot of media coverage. They can have big rallies, media events. And the French government has actually been quite open to consultation with civil society. And so they've got a fair bit of access to help shape policy. So those things have made a difference and we have really made some progress. And we're really hopeful that in 2011, this will be the year to actually get agreement on a financial transaction tax. There is still resistance to the idea of an FTT among many states and financial actors, but civil society will continue to push for its adoption. Sarah Anderson describes the future of her campaign. We are really looking to our allies in Europe to kind of lead the way on this process in the next couple of years. And we think that we really benefit from all of the progress that we're seeing within the European debates. If they could adopt such a tax in Europe and the U.S. policymakers could see them raising revenue and without their financial markets falling apart in Europe, I think that's something that could really change the dynamic here in the U.S. So that's why we're working so closely with our allies in Europe and around the world. Here is Mark Fried of Oxfam Canada with a final appeal for the adoption of an FTT. The movement of civil society that is pushing for this because we recognize it's the financial traders who benefited enormously from the excesses that led to the financial crisis. They have, they're loaded with money. 
and instead of spending it on, I don't know what they spend it on, <laughs> some tiny portion of that they should pay in taxes to help the poorest people in the world survive climate change and prosper, grow, grow out of poverty. It would be a tiny, tiny tax. And this is a movement that's similar to the movements that were successful in getting governments to spend more on fighting AIDS, getting uh, governments to cancel the debts of the poorest countries, both of which were tremendous successes. Successes of the movements and successes in outcome actually has made a difference in the lives of millions of poor people. Let's hope we're successful in this one as well. <laughs> but it's going to take a big movement among people in countries around the world pushing their governments to adopt it. You have been listening to the Halifax Initiative's Definitely Not the G8 podcast and the case for a financial transactions tax. You can find out more about the FTT, the Halifax Initiative, and its work at www.halifaxinitiative.org. Here, you can also find additional Definitely Not the G8 podcasts about the G20 and the Millennium Development Goals. The Halifax Initiative wishes to thank the Canadian Auto Workers Union. Without its financial support, these podcasts would not be possible. For Definitely Not the G8, I'm Jesse Russmith. Thank you for listening. Thank you.